0: LoveWell Creative, in partnership with Crosswalk Church, presents the Sacred Echo podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear from the teaching team from Crosswalk Church about the upcoming sermon series, sermons, how they process, about faith, life, love, and friendship as well. For more information on Crosswalk Church, go to www.crosswalkvillage.com welcome in everybody this is tim gillespie here with the sacred echo podcast i'm here with david ferguson how are you doing dave doing great doing fantastically well good you're actually in the room right next to me because you are here in um redlands california aren't you
1: yep indeed nice i'm gonna spend the spend the weekend with you out here too
2: so looking forward to all that
0: very cool and patty you're not here
2: I am not in the room. I am in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. That had one of those last Saturday had one of those days where it just you got out of bed, you got ready, you walked out the the house, and you're like, "Nope, I want to go back to bed." Uh, cold, dark, rainy, windy. Uh, but today is gorgeous, clear, and beautiful, and ready to enjoy the day. So
0: good. You keep telling yourself that,
3: dude. Um, <laughs>
2: You guys are probably what, like seventy-two and perfect.
0: Not yet. It's sixty-seven right now. Oh, ooh,
2: how you
4: make We'll get it?
0: there. We'll get there. Um, I mean, listen, it's jealousy is not a good color on you, Patty. Just for the record,
4: <laughs>
0: I'm just saying. I'm just saying, well, welcome. Uh, it's good to be here. Um, we had John Ciccarelli on with us last week, and he was talking about discipleship. We're here, we will hear more from him. And if you follow the daily guides during during Thanksgiving, he's going to actually be adding a piece, kind of a discipleship piece, along with the daily guides. So you'll not be getting just one notification. You'll actually be getting two during the week, uh, during each day. And, uh, you can check out his stuff five to seven minutes, I think is what he's looking at kind of for a discipleship piece on that. And, um, and so today we are talking about uncomfortable unity. And this is a weird week for me because, because Dave is out here, I don't have to preach and I don't have to come up with a sermon for the sites at all because Dave is out here and he's going to do that. So I'm chilling this week. I, uh, I don't have much to add.
2: Can can I correct your Can I correct your language, Tim? You said you don't have to. You don't get to. No, I don't have
0: to. I don't have to. Because even on those weeks, I'm not preaching here. I'm either preaching somewhere else, or I'm still creating the um the sermons. So. So, no, I do not have to. And I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about it. Pretty, that's that's pretty one good. thing I'll say,
2: you know, if you're one of our uh, members, parishioners, churchgoers, uh, you know, oftentimes there are weekends when you don't. I shouldn't say oftentimes there are weekends when you don't see us. Um, but I would say, what, eight out of 10 of those times, maybe nine, we're preaching somewhere
4: else.
1: <laughs> right. This is going to be an interesting one for our, for our Chattanooga campus in that I am not there but I will be there on video.
4: <laughs> right. So
1: it's kind of this kind of weird, uh, dynamic experience.
4: Gotta, you
2: got to wonder Dave, if somebody would say uh, like, Oh, Dave's not here. Great. We get to hear another voice. No, right.
0: Dave, that's not not no, so you fast. no, you don't.
4: <laughs>
0: I mean, it's kind of amazing the technology that allows us to do this, honestly. Um, and allows right. us to continue to grow this network, um, using video and using that sort of thing. And as, probably as the listeners know, maybe um, some of our campuses are 80, 90% video. Some of them are, you know, 30% video. It all kind of depends on, um, it all kind of depends on what the need is and how we can help work through that need. So it's always pretty, I think it's pretty exciting um, in that regard. And and that's my thought on it anyway. (laughs) That's a good thought. It's a, That's my thought. I think it's pretty cool, um, <laughs> as I've said before. But, but you anybody know, catch that reference? Does anybody know what that reference is? Pretty cool, pretty pretty cool. Oh god, that goes deep uh-huh. in the office office archives. Okay. Oh, when Pam is looking at another job, and okay. she encounters another, essentially another Michael. And it's the guy. Oh, now I'm going to forget his name. Um, it's the guy who was up for Michael's um, o- up for Oden- that role. Bob, Bob, and he keeps going. No, no one cares. Um, <laughs> I'll will just stop. I'll just. You stop know, right before
2: now. you went on the on the office uh, rant, I was thinking that actually, Unity to talk about uncomfortable Unity interesting. Ah, gonna, you go, Patty. I'm going to build the bridge. But it's an interesting conversation to think about when you have one church, technically, we say this, right? One church in five cities, six cities, seven cities as we grow. Um, plus our Lovewell groups is, is how do we, and, and I get asked that question, you know, like, is everybody just doing their own thing when it comes to content? Are you guys staying? Or is it always the same sermon? Everybody's preaching. One person writes the sermon, everybody preaches it. How do you keep a... <laughs> A church like ours um, united in mission
0: are you asking the question are you are you Uh, saying people have asked you and you have an answer to that
2: no it's just it's an interesting i mean i have an answer to that but i think it's uh it's interesting to put that out there in the conversation about unity in 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 one way it starts with like how do we do it when we're so diverse right well and
3: that's
1: that's Thicken that plot, maybe, by adding that um, Crosswalk has a, uh, an ethic and a core value of accepting people um, of diversity of a wide range of definitions, right? So, how does acceptance of other people impact unity? Mm-hmm. Um, so, now you've got multiple campuses and all sorts of types of people. And how is it even possible
3: uh to have unity is I think a fair question. Mm-hmm. Tim
0: <laughs> uh, I, I don't I don't want to answer that question. I don't know. I was in all transparency, I was reading a text from my daughter. What was the question?
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my take.
0: <laughs> oh, let's do that, Dave. Let's have your take on that very erudite and thoughtful question. <laughs>
1: So I've been grappling with this question, the difference between unity and uniformity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think uniformity has a lot to do with shared understanding of fact uh, and deployment on those facts, right? So it's um, often characterized by being able to say the same things and walk with the exact same cadence to your step in terms of your behaviors. And you are in uniform, right? So I think it's where we get into interesting places with um, even the length to which we would take something like fundamental beliefs or whatever. But I think unity, um, this is what I've been playing with. I think unity is not so much um, an intellectual
3: um, exercise as it is about trust. Um, I think the core of our relationship with God, if it has goodness in it is about trust. And
1: I think core to, to his body being in any kind of good health, it is about trust. And so I wonder if maybe we can afford to, um, have wide open arms to a a range of, people and technologies and all sorts of things. If in fact, at the core there's this high value for and and, and um, full
3: development of trust, a spiritual community of trust. That's my theory. No, <laughs> well, I
2: like that, Dave. I think, I think when, you know, we're talking about like our campuses, for example, um, you know that I, I often tell people because the mistake that a lot of people make is the perception that we're just a young adult church or a young church, whatever that means. Right? We talk about that on a regular basis. If you go to our any of our campuses, you'll recognize that there are generations uh, from there are all sorts of generations represented, um, ethnicities, uh, cultures. Um, you know, and I think that you know part of that is because we're so focused on a mission that that transcends the differences and in some, you know, celebrates and transcends, you know, in some ways, those differences that a person that you can tell is clearly not like, like the contemporary style of worship is clearly not their first worship language. Um, but they come because they're drawn to what it is that we're about. Um, the, the mission and vision to love, well, to be in our community, to participate in relevant, meaningful conversations. Those are the things that they're drawn to. Um, you know, above and beyond just a preference for worship style, right? And, and Dave, we, I, I think all of us say that on a pretty regular basis, like, thank you for trusting us with your time. And so that that is built on, uh, you know, the idea of trust, that we're going to bring that each week, we're not going to change it on them, we're not going to dupe them into a different kind of experience than what we've uh, espoused. Right, and I think um, you know some would say,
1: "Okay, now wait a minute." You're 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 saying it doesn't matter what you say or what you do. Actually, it's quite the opposite, right? Um, I think you have even more guardrails internally on how you treat people and, and how you talk, and um, if if what you're after is um, being a person principled in faith who who exudes and invites trust. I think one of the most uh, profound statements of trust is that moment that one of our members walks up to you and introduces someone they care about. And this is their first time and you can see it in their eyes. They weren't sure they were going to say yes to coming, but they knew they could trust um, what would be found and how we would talk and the kind of love that we would exude and the patience we would have for one another. Mm. um, That's uniformity is not patient at all. It feels like to me Um, it's aggressive and it's uh, demanding
2: and it's sometimes feels rather dangerous. Um, Mm. And it's, and it's fear. It seems like it's propelled by fear, right? Because You know, I that we're if we don't hold on to this, whatever this is, we're gonna lose something of ourselves. We're gonna lose identity. We're gonna lose our uniqueness. Um and so we'll we'll go to some pretty extreme measures to hold on to those uh to that uniformity.
0: But it's way easier. Just for the record. Like uniformity is way easier. Just say if you don't if you don't if you don't think like this, if you don't believe like this, like don't just don't even be here. In fact, that's weirdly what um, what some of our administration in the Seventh day Adventist Church has said. If you can't see it this way, you really should just leave. And what we've said is we've got to try and find common ground, and that common ground may be uncomfortable. Um, there's some guiding principles, sure, that we're not going to give up on, but we've made a brand promise um, to be a community of belonging. So we're gonna we're gonna reason together and struggle through, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's way wow. that's way more difficult. That, you know, to live in the nuance is way more difficult than to live in the the labels and the categories. Wow.
3: Yeah,
2: it it seems like, and we've been we've been trending that way in in our uh, the the world church, right? As we've been trending in a place of drilling down more on certain doctrine and saying that this is the only way to interpret this. And if you don't interpret it this way, you're not one of us. Um, You know, that's, that's the only reason I can think of to drill down more on those and say that there's no other possible interpretation is so that we can more easily determine who is in and who is out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it does demand sooner or later that a human being take an authoritative position, right? That there is someone at the top of that conversation who is the arbiter. And we're pretty critical of other faiths where that's constructed that way. Um, but if we're not careful, we can behave that way, whether it's in a local church with a pastor who's the one who's telling everybody what truth looks like, or if it's a denominational
3: leader, um, we can we can fall to that same thing. Right. Um and, and yet, you know, it's so, oh, it's so crazy to,
2: to me to look at the life of Jesus and the diversity of the, of the table that he had, you know, the, the people and, and, you know, sure behaviors and the the kinds of, you know, behaviors they were involved in, that was part of it. Um, but ethnicities, culture, um, you know, crossing, uh, religious boundaries, ethnic boundaries to reach out to people, um, and, and. Every he he was able to connect with a a hunger in all of them for something more than, um you know the um the 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 forced uniformity that was going on all around them. Uh, yeah,
1: I yeah. Mean, so. In my preparation, I'm, um, I've still got about twenty-four hours of continued baking on this idea. But <laughs> by the time you're hearing this, you will—I will, will have—I will have landed this plane one way or the other. But I'm fascinated Wait. by this. Are you, are, you, are, you t- are you baking or are you flying? Because you just used. Yes, two- I look. It's that kind <laughs> of plane. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of baking that goes on in the plane. But um, anyway, yeah. I'm fascinated by the connection that, um, you know, Jesus in his prayer um, just pleads for unity for us, right? But it is maybe two days earlier that he walks into the
3: temple in the midst of um, religiosity and just trashes the place, right?
1: Great act of unity, right? No, Uh, this is the, this is the Jesus who says, I didn't come to bring peace. (laughs) Wow. It's unity, but not peace. Is that, well, maybe, maybe unity without full peace everywhere. And it's interesting that he goes into the places where people who are exercising authority that narrow down the funnel and make you get in line. And your only way to God is through very specific things which, frankly, you can find evidence for some of these things. You can see where they derive them from, right, in terms of the sacrifices and so on. But Jesus flips that over and turns the place into, um, you know, a place where the blind and the lame are gathering and all those who are outside the center of of spiritual leadership, children are shouting Hosanna. So there's this interesting There's this interesting dynamic between, uh, because his dying prayers for unity and, you know, it also seems pretty keyed up about how we would push toward uniformity,
3: um, kind of when left to our own devices. that That made us all think. Striking you with silence. I'm
1: trying to decide if I can bake this thing or not. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, David made me think about, um, I did, I did some presentations recently about crosswalk and, you know, someone had asked and I'd be, I'd be curious, you know, to hear your guys' response. Somebody asked in the Q and a about love. Right. And that obviously if, if you want to create a community of belonging that loves well, there are going to be people that are against that. They want to lean into the uniformity piece. Um, and so they want to, you know, kick out or adre- confront people who they would see as um, not, um, w- whatever you want to say, living up to the standard um, that they have um, decided is, is what church is all about. And so um, if you address that person and you say, you know, that's not who we are here, and, and they get offended by that and leave. And this person was saying, is that not, that's not love. Is it
4: <laughs>
2: right? Like, like <laughs> if you're, you're loving one person, but you're choosing not to love another person, or, you know, if you are deciding a worship style that is, um, you know, it, some people love and some people may not love, well, then you're not, that's not
0: loving. That's a false equivalency. That kind of, that kind of, conversation drives me bonkers um like legitimately it does um be, when when people <laughs> when people throw that back in your face um first of all they're missing the spirit right from the very beginning and and i think we should be able to call that out when someone's like well if you do it's like come on what are you what are you doing here um, y- you know it, <laughs> My question is, what's the goal at the end of the day, right? In my opinion, Jesus came to save the world. It says that in Scripture a few times pretty significantly, not to judge the world, but to save the world. Um, so so why are we, A, splitting hairs, and B, why are we trying to create an invitation list that's less than God's? Um, and, and also understanding that the that every church is not for every person. They're certainly welcome. But there's right. certain, you know, there's certain organizing principles that you you decide on. Yeah. Um and and then you function in that that way. I think the greatest love is being clear on what those organizing principles are, who you are, what you are. Um, I've been to so many churches that are like, well, we're trying to do this, we're trying to do that, and we're trying to do this, and they're not doing anything, or they're making everybody upset because they're trying to be all things to all people. Um, we create a community of belonging, but there are some organizing principles but those organizing principles are are um you know they're chosen uh-huh. the one that's not chosen is the idea that everyone can can be here if they want to be here if that makes sense but when people push back on two things when people push back on the idea of like love well you want to split hairs on that we can split hairs on that but it's not going to be fun for anybody and then secondly and, and secondly what in what spirit are you coming here to talk to me about love Because if it's not a loving spirit, then we're actually not talking about love. We're talking about something very different. Mm -hmm. And I'm not interested in that conversation, really. Yep. Yep. But I'm just old and cranky. I'm just old and cranky.
2: I mean, like like you said, clarity, right? Clarity, once you've decided who you you are and what you're going to be, is that not a gift to other people? Does that not tell that person that's going to be uncomfortable there? um because there are people there that are behaving in ways they don't agree with or made choices in ways they don't agree with, you can say, look, there's nothing that's forcing you to come here. We've been really clear about who we are so that you can decide if this is a place that you want to be or not.
3: Right.
1: Yeah, I think I think um You know, anytime you you take any position, it it makes opposition to that position possible. Yeah. Right. And so it's one thing to say well the only the only defense for that then is to take no position at all. Well, problem because there are people that believe you have to take a position. So now you're in opposition to those also right? So you just can't be in a spot where there is no opposition. The question of course is um oh, just at its at its base how are you even treating those people? Um, can you, can you take a position in the face of somebody who wants to not take a position or take another position and do so in a way that fully communicates love or not? Um, I, I think that you do have issues that make it so that relationships can't just stay, um, kind of ongoing when there is too much tearing away but the 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 big deal here i think what jesus is after in those moments so that last week of his life and he is just pleading for god's presence to to and for us to be unit, unified while um getting pretty um passionate about about the temple and flipping tables over and this sort of thing is that he's trying to throw wide the gates right throw throw open the opportunity, um, in the face of the tendency to narrow it down and make it an exceptional situation for you to be able to encounter God. And he's, I think that's what we should be about too. I think we should be about asking, well, what are the barriers that we kind of falsely put up that should come down and, um, and make, uh, make wide the entry point
3: to, to, to an encounter with God. and I think it's worth flipping some tables on occasion. I agree. So I'll Hi. ask this question. For the agreement, here's here's a
1: question uh, because this series is entitled "Uncomfortable." Um, I've been kind of thinking a little bit about the question: <clears throat> Is God's goal to make us comfortable? <laughs>
0: No, I don't think so. I don't think that's ever been the goal.
3: I think- if if comfort was
0: if comfort was the if comfort was the point, Christianity would look very differently. Yeah. Right. And and this is kind of I think this is kind of in some respects the the problem with um with Christianity becoming kind of the the cultural norm is that Christianity then becomes comfortable and it ceases to be what it was set out to be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the movement of the early church, right, those first what 300 years, uh, it grew exponentially because it was subversive and it wasn't until, you know, it was made the religion of the state that things started to
3: change. Right. Mm. Mm.
0: Right, and i think I think this becomes the issue this becomes the issue. Christianity is always um subversive it's always subversive because love always demands more, right, so you don't get to set you don't get to institutionalize the gospel, you don't get to institutionalize love as as much as we try and do that um love is always going to demand more, so it's a hot mess in that respect because you're never going to be comfortable with what you're giving or what you're what you've given mm. you'll just never be comfortable with that does that make sense
3: mm-hmm.
4: mm.
3: yeah yeah and i wonder
1: <clears throat> i wonder if um because the subject of unity um, the, if we strive for comfort in unity we're probably going to push toward uniformity is what i'm thinking. Mm. that we will try to find the people who are most in line with what I see in the mirror, who are never going to push back against my thing. um, And that we can line up and, you know um, what, what we know is that actually that doesn't lead to satisfaction (laughs) (laughs) or fulfillment or happiness, you know, and Brene Brown and, um, I think it's the book, Braving the Wilderness, reviews a couple of the political uh, uh, landscapes. And and over the last couple of elections, there have been uh, more counties with at least 80% uh, vote on one side or the other, right, <clears throat> in the United States than ever before. So that I believe the comment was 80% of the counties in the United States we're 80% in favor of one candidate or another. So in other words, people are are living around a higher percentage than ever of people who view political things the same way as they do. Mm-hmm. And during the time that we've shifted to that reality, we've also doubled our levels of depression.
4: hm Wow. Wait a
1: minute. I thought being with people who think what I think, that would bring happiness, right? No. As it turns out, no. There is something that is uncomfortable about unity and there, in its truest form that is um, more open um, to kind of the disaster of differences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and fights its way through that. And I believe the kingdom of God is meant to be that kind of uncomfortable, um, and you know, I think about Second <clears throat> Corinthians one, where there's this conversation about God bringing us comfort, right? And uh, let's see, is um, I think the the fourth verse talks about his him comforting us amidst our troubles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can comfort others in their trouble. And the trouble by the time the verse is all finished is the suffering of Christ right that <laughs> it is a it is a suffering to be um, to be in the comfort of God, <laughs> which is you know of course, as Jesus so often would do, a complete paradox uh, uh, that the unity of of Christ's body would be so made up of such differing pieces um, and and that in some ways, you know, getting to kind of intellectual agreement doesn't and maybe even predicts some kind of fallow existence <laughs> as compared to um finding trust in God followers and followers of Christ um that, that push us to, to think sometimes differently and to ask questions and, and goodness sakes, every once in a while say, Well, I don't know.
0: I'm not sure about that. Dave, you just keep stumping us every time you just stop talking. We're like,
1: oh, we don't, we don't know. Stop it! <laughs> I'm actually looking to make sure your eyes are still open. <laughs> uh.
2: No, I think, I think that you know, it's how do you then have such a diverse community, um, you know, that can have differences and see things, you know, from different perspectives, different angles, and yet be on mission together or, or have, uh, you know, the core values and, and, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, we may have disagreements, but we also have love because in that, you know, Dave, you've, you've rightly said several times, like Jesus's dying prayer, you know, in John 17, it, it, I'm, I'm always fascinated by the fact that, in he's praying for the unity in John 17 and that we would know, you know, it's the unity that the world will know that you, God sent Jesus, right? It's by unity and then earlier he said it's by love that the world will know that we are his disciples. So love and unity are tied together. So how do we how do we seek that in a community? How do we seek the um you know inviting everyone to the table but also recognizing that yeah, we're going to have differences, but at the end of the day, this is what we're about. At the end of the day, we love one another. At the end of the day, um you know, I want the best for you and I hope you want the best for me.
3: Uh, you know, Romans... Pardon me. <laughs> Woo!
1: <clears throat> Something got in my throat. Romans 14 is is, is encapsulates this um, argument that's going on inside the church, right? Mm. Um, and, goodness, you can argue over almost anything, but this is not a small argument. It's about um what you can eat and how you behave and involves worship too in terms of um eating food uh offered to idols that you know and how how that all impacts and and Paul says some pretty strong things, interesting things. Um in the 14th verse he says, I know and am convinced that's kind of like the double up right um on the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. And he goes on um to then talk about how we, how we engage with each other in the midst of these kinds of discrepancies or differences of, of ideology and opinion. Um, and, and he says this in the 17th, 18th verses and 19th verses, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if you serve Christ with this attitude, you'll please God and others will approve of you too. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up mm-hmm. um, and that I think is a test that is um, um, available right is is the the building of one another up and in in harmony in ways that really does um, honor kind of those organizing principles of our faith and allows for all the discussions mm-hmm. but in a way that is not exclusive, that doesn't end up setting up one personality to decide for everybody, uh, but but is filled with harmony and trust, that I think is unity.
2: Yeah, and I wonder if, Davis, you were saying that, I wonder if part of the Depression, <clears throat> we go to places that are, um, you know, share all the same uh you know, opinions, I guess, as we do, I wonder if part of the depression is that we're no longer being challenged to grow. We're no longer being challenged to, you know, look at our beliefs and our opinions and ask, is that really, is that really true? Um, you know, because everybody's just affirming everything. Isn't it, who who was it that said, you know, if uh, if you found a God that agrees with everything you do, you pro- it probably isn't God that you found. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I
1: also think that maybe... Part of that depression could be down deep. So you've, you've really set up your life around being around people that agree with you. And down deep, you know you still don't actually agree with those people fully.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So now you're in a play act mm. of agreement. And you would have to worry, if that's the way you've structured everything, that you could get found out as being in some way in disagreement. And then what happens? Do you get kicked out of the club? What happens? Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's a very fragile, frankly, depressing existence Mm -hmm. as compared to, and surely we could all think of people that we know we would go to war with that have some pretty foundational elements of disagreement about something, but you know, you can trust that person Mm -hmm. um, and you're safe with them. Mm -hmm. And, And that's a fascinating um, element
2: of this idea of unity to me. That's good. Yeah, it's good. It made made me think of the conversation I had several weeks ago. I think I told you guys about the retired pastor who um, talked about how many friends that he has that are retired pastors that are depressed, that are struggling, that have stopped going to church, or if they do, it's just going through the motions because for so many years, they didn't feel like they could really say what they were thinking, really wrestle with, you know, their faith and their questions and just be themselves, Um, you know, because they had to fit a look and they had to, um, you know, check the boxes um, and uh, for their members. And so now when that's not their week to week, they're struggling to figure out who they are Um, and what they really believe or how they spent so much time of their lives not actually being themselves.
0: But, but I think, I think the one thing that Christ calls us to is our humanity, right? Uh I mean, that's my understanding is that he calls us to this, um, unmitigated humanness. And that's what Jesus showed us. What, humanity is and it's, it's connection, right? It's connection to one another. It's connection to God. Um, Jesus showed that in its entirety. Um, so it's so sad to think that there's someone who doesn't believe that they can say they can be who they're supposed to be in church. Cause church is supposed to be the place where you can do that more than anything, I would think. But then, so, so here's the thing, right? You, we want unity, um, and that means that you've got a lot of different people that are going to be there that don't think the same, headed in the same direction, because that's really unity, right? It's it's kind of the target where we're going, but we're not all getting there. Uniformity is we're all on the same path. Unity is we're all headed to this, headed in the same direction, not all necessarily on the same path. So you're going to have people. That means we will have people in our congregations that do not look like us, that do not smell like us, that do not eat the same food as us, that do not speak the same Language that we do, that do not have the same orientation that we do, and we have got to be okay with God bringing these people together, moving us in the right direction, right, moving us in the same direction. And if we're not okay with that, then what are we looking for? We're looking for something that is different than unity. We're not looking to get to the same place. We're looking to see who won't be on whatever path they have, particularly to be on um, by the time we get to the destination. Mm -hmm. Is that too bold? Mm -hmm. Well.
1: You know, so it's interesting because what you're describing obviously requires faith and we can say that kind of flippantly and quickly, but so much of our drive to mm, unity that's really a drive to uniformity is the removal of faith, right? Um it's, it's actually now a list that you don't need faith, you just need to get in line. And so... Now, for me, as a leader in church, uh, to, to be able to say, actually, we're not going to be quite so list-oriented, we're going to be more faith-oriented, presupposes a part of what I'm saying is, Jesus is going to need to show up here. Mm-hmm. And he's not just going to help me make the list for you. He's going to work with you. And it reminds me a little bit of Paul's comment in Philippians 3, right? Um, When he says that, um, you know, he encourages us to agree spiritually, be spiritually mature and agree on these things. But if you disagree on some point, I believe God will make that plain to you, (laughs) right? Usually we would say, well, and I've listened to a sermon recently where a leader said, you know, if we disagree on this, get out. Um, Which makes it sound like he has made it plain enough to me to be able to make this plain to you rather than that God, actually, we can have faith in God making these things plain to us. And sometimes that's a a statement even of patience, right? Right. That, in fact,
2: um, we'd be able to rely on his power that way. Dave, you know, it comes back to, as you said before, it's, when you talk about trust, I I think part of uniformity that we like is somebody just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to believe. Tell me where to put my foot next. You know, I... Just, just tell me what to do as opposed to, you know, the trust <laughs> is that, you know, I go to Proverbs, right? Trust in the Lord, your God with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding that you don't always know what the next is, but you're trusting God to reveal it, reveal that to you in his time when it's right. Um, you know, when, when you're ready and, and that's the part that's a little, it's scarier, it's uncomfortable because we don't have all the answers. There's not a clear cut checkbox, uh, list of here's what I do next. Uh, right. I, I have to trust in the people that, in, in the one that I'm following, uh, that's going to lead me where I need to go, even when I don't understand and I don't have all the answers, but we like formulas. And, right. and so we just want somebody to tell us what to do when.
1: Right. Yeah. I had, uh, recently, a. Uh... Uh, an individual this is in two stages come come to me with a question that had very much to do with the application of okay what do i do in this situation um and the most recent of those two conversations it, he was asking about uh, an issue of uh, that had to do very and it was very kind of in line with paul's discussion about food that you eat and what you drink and so on well well and came and asked this question what's crosswalk's position on mm. and then it was a it was a temperance issue or whatever. Right. Mm. <laughs> and my first response was, I, I'm not, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not sure crosswalk has a position. Right. Um, but then, then based on conversations we had had, I said, well, what, what, by the way, coming to me with this, what do you think I'm going to say to you? And based on the previous conversations we had had, he said, well, I'm worried that what you're going to say is you're going to ask me, if I'm willing to be fully submitted to Jesus Christ, that's what I'm worried your response is um, going to be. Uh, yeah. And I said, well, there you have it. There it <laughs>
3: because is. Because
1: if you are, I can trust you. Right. And I can trust Jesus and I can trust his timing and I can be patient and I can, we can live together in harmony, even where we might apply something a little differently. Yeah. Uh, but that that's, that's what it's, all about. Um, and frankly, going all the way back to the to the flipping over of tables, the response for the leaders of of Israel are to want to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. And the response of children and blind people are to want to come to him. And that really is it, right? Um, is what is your response to Jesus? Are you are you willing to be where he is, including the truth is that there will be other people where he is and they may be pretty messed up people yeah who come where Jesus is. Um or would you rather just get rid of him?
2: Yeah. Well that that's exactly where I think it all ends up, uh Dave, is is and in fact when I started to to work on my sermon for this week, it it, it was pretty apparent to me, like where I was gonna land was I couldn't get it out of my head. It was the you know the the hymn All to Jesus, I surrender, right? It's not it's not some to Jesus I surrender um, it's it's all to Jesus and that's really really hard to do because we want to hold on to some of it um, right you know, but if we're in a community of trust if, if we've got people around us that recognize that's my heart's desire we could have our differences but at the end of the day we want to we want to make sure Jesus is first and that we're staying on on his scent so to speak. Um, you know, then uh we, we can help each other do that, even even in the times when all we want is to be told what to do. Right, right. And there's there's always something that's not actually
1: referred to on the list. Mm-hmm. Right. So what now? I guess I just do whatever I feel. No, it's I s you know, fully submitted to Jesus, in constant conversation with him, willing to follow him wherever he goes. And sometimes I'm confused about what the answer to that is, but but it's a full-on, you know, the word surrender and having to put the word all next to it is a redundancy that's completely unnecessary. It's either right. surrender or
0: it's not, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's 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 good. And and so so at the end, we we actually arrive at this place. I think called faith, right? Believing that the Holy Spirit um, guides and molds and shapes hearts and minds in a particular direction um, that moves us towards the target that God wants us and moves us all in different ways, paths, shapes in that direction. And that becomes the community of God, diverse, um, problematic, beautiful, Um, I, I've quoted this before one of my favorite professors, Dr. Will Alexander, um, said to me about three weeks before he died, he was sitting in the back of the church and he is just kind of reveling in the fact that there were so many people so engaged and in worship and all this stuff. He was in his nineties at the time. And he said to me, he said, you know, the church, the church as an organization is a mess. And he went on to kind of elaborate on the ways that it was hurting people and causing pain and this, that, and he said, but the church, as an organism, is amazing. He said that the Holy Spirit can guide and direct and make a coherent whole. He said that's nothing but the work of God. Right? And that's why we try to get uniformity, but the problem is with uniformity, you don't have an organism. You have a process. And you might have an end result, but that inner result is not going to be natural. It's not going to be beautiful. It's going to be manufactured an organism that works in unity has all these different pieces and all these different parts that somehow in its complexity creates an outcome that is beautiful cool. right and that's that's what i think we're called that's what i think we're called to be at the end of the day right the or the organism of christ or there's other language for that which we use which is called the body of christ right yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, should we end there?
4: Just I because it's like been that-
0: 45 minutes and I got to say something at the end, I feel like that feels right to me.
2: <laughs> yes, that <yes,
0: laughs> feels right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good no, No, thank you guys for, for all your ongoing comments. I so appreciate the work that you do in both of your communities and certainly the, the way that it impacts us here at Redlands and, um, trying to build this, this global network of churches has been, um, fascinating and fun. And we've got some pretty exciting announcements coming up here in the next few. In the next few um, days, minutes, hours, months, I don't know. Um, but there's, there's good stuff happening for the, the Crosswalk Church and Network of Churches. So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for helping grow this. And for you, listener, uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being with us. And of course, Lovewell. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sacred Echo podcast. This has been brought to you by Lovewell Creative in partnership with Crosswalk Church. If you would like to give for more digital content, please go to www.crosswalkvillage.com give and click on the online option under fund. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much
3: for supporting. And thank you so much for being part of what God is doing through Crosswalk Church and Lovewell Creative.